The American Heart Association has recently released the results of a new study saying that young and middle-aged women who are under stress have a harder time recovering after a heart attack. That study looked at women 18 to 55 and found those who suffered a higher rate of stress after a heart attack had more difficult time recovering than men. Hello, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. Today I'm joined by renowned cardiologist Dr. Nisa Goldberg. She's medical director of the Joan Tisch Center for Women's Health at NYU Langone Medical Center. Dr. Goldberg, welcome to the program. Thank you. This is a really interesting concept because it really puts right into play the role of stress and, and where it has an impact. Tell me a little bit about the findings and, and your feelings on it. Well, I think it's about time we started to look at the emotional aspect and its impact on heart disease, heart attack, and recovery after heart attack. We've had several studies that suggest that there's a link between emotional stress and and heart attack risk and recovery after heart attack. But this is the first large-scale study that actually looked at it. And what the researchers found is that in women who were young and middle-aged that who presented with their heart attacks and had a higher level of stress on their stress inventory scores, perceived stress scale, that they had a, a longer time to recovery compared to those, even men of the same age or older. It's an interesting study. From what I understand, it was collected from over 2,300 females and 1,100 male heart attack survivors. That's and right. It is an interesting because usually we don't see this kind of 2,300 women and 1,100 men. Usually the, the data is, is reversed. There are many more men who participate in cardiac research trials. Dr. Goldberg, I know a lot of the early studies, especially in my career as I moved along, it just seemed it was studies on men and it was more men. And then occasionally there was a, a study with women and, and a nurse's study. And they, But this is really good because it's it's out there. It's comparing, and, and it, it isn't comparing apples and oranges. They're comparing them directly. That's right. And I think we have to make some important points for clinical practice. About 35,000 heart attacks a year occur in women under the age of 60. Usually you think of a typical heart attack patient being a man. However, if a woman has a heart attack, you think of it as an older woman. But we see in many of the research studies that have been done to date that looked at the different age difference and presentation for heart attack and recovery for heart attack, we tend to see that in the younger age group, when they come into the hospital with their first heart attack, they, they pretty much have twice the death rate compared to, to a similarly aged man. Sometimes this is because there's a greater um, incidence of diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart failure. Part of the heart failure is because there seems to be about an hour delay if you compare women to men. There's an, a, a greater delay in getting to the hospital in women. Dr. Nisa Goldberg is the author of Dr. Nisa Goldberg's Complete Guide to Women's Health. You've also had several other books, including Women Are Not Small Men. So clearly, this is something where you not only have an interest professionally, but you've studied it, researched it, and, and I know in your own practice, you've dealt with it. When you look at these differences with men and women, and you try to evaluate those differences and, and what we're learning now, what are the big things that you've found? I mean, the big things that primary care doctors who are listening right now should be thinking about and putting into their practice? Well, first of all, I think we really, by now, we should all 
be aware that you have to really ask women open-ended questions because they're not going to have the typical heart attack with crushing pressure in the center of the chest radiating down the left arm. Like that picture in many of us had seen um, when in medical school as a Frank Netter picture of the typical patient having a heart attack. This middle-aged businessman walking up the steps on a cold winter's night carrying a briefcase. In fact, the face could be that of a woman. And oftentimes you hear a woman explain that they had some shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, unexplained fatigue. Um, occasionally I've had patients who, instead of talking about upper chest pressure, lower down, they didn't get to the hospital because they thought it was a stomach problem, or the upper back pressure instead of chest pain. So it's really important to recognize the symptoms. Risk factor modification is key in terms of preventing, because it's ideal, we would like our patients, we want to prevent that first heart attack. Particularly in young women, there's a greater prevalence of risk factors that we see in the young women who are having heart attacks, that's smoking, diabetes, central obesity. So these are, these are key things in the younger women that we have to look at. Other things to remember is is that oftentimes these women are coming back and forth to the doctor with complaints, and you know traditional testing hasn't been helpful in in diagnosing their heart disease. For instance, we we have women, particularly in this younger age group, instead of having a big buildup of plaque. Uh, in the arteries, we, we often see single vessel disease. There's not a lot of diffuse plaque buildup in the coronary arteries. Sometimes the coronary angiogram appears normal because these women have microvascular disease and it's in the smaller vessels, which we don't have the capability of current clinical imaging to see, although um, they are looking at MRI uh, to, to look at this microvascular disease. And in microvascular disease, the smaller blood vessels um, are the ones that constrict, so you have a flow demand problem. Um, other, another mechanism of myocardial infarction in this age group more commonly is coronary artery vasospasm. What's most important is we have to attack risk factors in all the mechanisms the same way, but getting back to the article at hand is that it seems that in this younger age group, the ones that obviously have a greater morbidity after their heart attacks and mortality is perhaps one of the contributing things is stress. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and I am speaking with Dr. Nisha Goldberg, Medical Director of the Joan Tisch Center for Women's Health at NYU Langone Medical Center, and talking about an American Heart Association journal study, which really took a look at some key issues with stress. And to follow up on that, these are some things I thought were interesting related to women in stress. According to the journal, they found that women had significantly high levels of mental stress, Greater stress among women partially explained their worse recovery, and women were more likely to be concerned about family issues, while men were more likely to be worried about financial matters, and that family conflict during the past year was reported by 33% of women versus 20% of men. That's clearly an important point, and family conflict isn't something that goes away in an hour or two or can That's change. Right. And and it, it gives us a new look at how we also, some of the other issues we need to address with our patients in practice. 
and and that's really looking at their level of stress. There, it's important in identifying um, in in cardiac patients their level of social support and their network, because earlier studies that were done in the late 90s and up until like maybe in 2001, is is that your level of social support and the number of people in your support network is directly lo- related to your survival. Uh, other things we need to talk to these patients. For instance, cardiac rehabilitation is key for heart attack patients. Women are still under-referred compared to men, and they have a higher dropout rate because they're worried about their caregiving demands. So it's really important for us as clinicians to encourage our patients to go to cardiac rehabilitation. A lot of these things, do you think we're not up to speed with? I mean, do you think, have you seen improvements maybe in the last decade with physicians and the way they provide care, or are we just as, you know, ineffective as we may have been 10, 15 years ago? You know, our our practice is really driven by research, and the research to date hasn't been so clear about the impact of stress on our patient's health. Those of us, as we, we take care of people one patient at a time, see this, and these patients should be referred appropriately to behavioral therapy, like cognitive behavioral therapy, find ways that we can help direct them to work on their stress. I want to really also point out, although outside of this study, the role of depression in cardiovascular disease, that we find that there's a high preponderance of depression in people who have heart attack after bypass surgery, and we should address that. In fact, many of the SSRIs, they're, they're safe to use in myocardial infarction patients. You are bringing up some amazing and very important points because you're right. For those who are out there practicing every day, this is what you see. You, you, all of us have cases where we know when someone is has more support, uh, they're less depressed, they have other avenues, whether male or female, of support. They do better after MIs, and they and they definitely show improvement. And a lot of that is because they go back, they do the rehab, they take these necessary steps, they try to make lifestyle changes. That's right, and and you know there this clearly is the first study that looked at you know emotional health and its impact on physical recovery, because the physical nature of this is that we we see that those who were more stressed were more likely to have angina. When you see a study like this, and obviously it's a very important study with a large number of people, and you've been writing about this for years, it has to also support a lot of what you've been saying and a lot of what you've seen working uh, so much in, and being so involved in women's health. Yes, it does. And you know, a really very interesting thing about the Joan Tisch Center for Women's Health, when we set it up, you know, we've been open since 2011, is it was very clear from the beginning of the plan that we had to have a psychologist at the Women's Center. I'm glad you said that, too, because I was going to ask and actually almost forgot when you were talking about having a psychologist, I think about being a family doc in primary care. It is really hard to enlist the help of psychiatrists and psychologists because there aren't as many as you would think, at least in my medical community, it's tough to get those referrals. And do you think as we go more towards patient-centered medical home and these things, this should be a very important component? Absolutely, because it impacts on all aspects of 
health, not only cardiovascular health. I'm talking about people with chronic illness, you know, arthritis patients, um, women with autoimmune disease, cancer patients. This is all very important. Now, you also are co-medical director of the 92nd Street Wise Cardio Rehab Program. Tell me a little bit about cardiac rehab and its importance. You've alluded to it a couple of times. Well, cardiac rehab is is basically an organized program of exercise, nutritional counseling, and stress reduction. Initially, after a myocardial infarction, uh, the typical patient would be referred to uh, what we call phase two cardiac rehabilitation, where they're on telemetry and they're monitored. And there's a physician on site, and the exercise prescriptions are done by with the physician and an exercise physiologist, and there's nursing, and patients have their blood pressure taken, and they're monitored. And usually after a heart attack, you're monitoring someone during these exercise programs for arrhythmia and whether or not they have symptoms during their recovery. The interesting part about cardiac rehab is that even before we had things like beta blockers and routine prescription of beta blockers post-myocardial infarction, lipid-lowering therapy that's as successful as it is today, it showed that there was a decrease in mortality. Moreover, as newer studies have come up, this still seems to be consistent, even with all of these magic pills we give people. I mean, you know, beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, lipid-lowering agents with, you know, statins. But the cardiac rehab studies have shown that it improves patients' perception of quality of life, lowers stress levels, uh, decreases depression. And when you think about these cardiac rehab programs, you're you're putting the people in the program where they're going to get a jump start on an exercise program because a heart attack is a life-changing experience for our patients, and many of them are scared about returning to activity and whether or not they're going to get back to their life. Dr. Nisha Goldberg, I can't believe it. we've run out of time, but I want to thank you for joining and sharing your insights on this very important subject on primary care today. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash today. Download the podcast and learn more on the series. Thank you so much for listening.